Welcome back to the Fast Break, episode 134. Finally back after uh, about a week off. Had some had a busy week, first week of summer, but now we are back. Today we're going to be uh, doing our first round playoff review of the Western Conference. Just got wrapped up. Uh, and then a few days from now, we'll have our second round prediction episode. So, uh, Aaron, I guess let's just get started. We'll go from top to bottom as we usually do. We'll start with your Jazz, who uh, dropped game one, but came back to get the next four against Memphis. Yeah, I mean, the biggest story I see out of this is the Conley hamstring injury, which is still affecting um, this Clipper season, which, as you mentioned, we'll be talking about that coming up. I mean, he he's had this injury twice so far this year. He missed 14 games and 17 games, um, and we, we don't know when he'll be back. So that was, that was, that was uh, pretty unfortunate uh, for my Game 5 thoughts, but... They they just showed their veteranship, I guess. Like, Donovan Mitchell is really a star. I think he had 110 points in 104 minutes or something. And, like, Game 5, Memphis could just not start a run. Just too many mistakes. And uh, the Jazz are really hot. I think they had 47 points in a in the first quarter, uh, Game 5, and 9 threes, which are both uh, all-time Jazz records. So, uh, they, they, they just showed that... They were the better team, but I think this Grizzlies team definitely has a lot of promise. Yeah, the they do have promise, young team. They just don't really have uh, much star power. Obviously, John Morant will get there eventually, but you'd be a little naive to say he's already there. Um, but in my opinion, Duncan Mitchell is there right now. He is definitely Dwayne Wade 2.0, which is kind of uh, kind of ironic since Dwayne Wade now has an ownership stake in the Jazz, but he, same play style, very similar players. In my opinion, both superstars. So. Uh, Donovan Mitchell really led his team there, and it'll be important for Conley to be back in the second round. Yeah, and I mean, even at that point, I mean, I I wasn't watching um, Dwayne Wade when he was Donovan Mitchell's age, but even later in his career, he he didn't really even have the like step back threes and such. So I I think that there they've like Donovan Mitchell has potential, maybe not to be as good as Dwayne Wade, but to have a uh, maybe more complete game. Uh, yeah, he's shown so much, and I think it's really interesting that uh, draft, or I guess Ben Simmons was in the draft class, but that kind of rookie of the year race a couple years ago with uh, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum, and I think the voting may have completely switched around. I mean, it was originally uh, Simmons, Mitchell, Tatum, and Tatum was somewhat out of the conversation, but I think many would argue uh, he, he's been even better than Mitchell, and Mitchell's uh, been better than Simmons, and I'm sure you would agree with that, so... Just an interesting young class, and they're both stars, I believe, and I don't know if you would consider Ben Simmons that. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him in our Eastern Conference breakdown, but I think that there's a lot of young stars in this league, and John Morant is one of them, and the Grizzlies have multiple of them. We'll see what they can do with Jaron Jackson and some other uh, players on the team. Dylan Brooks looked good in a couple games, so I, I think that yeah, the Grizzlies are good, but the J J the Jazz are really good, and I, I personally do think they're a title contender. Yeah, I've got them uh, right now. I've got them going to the to the finals, but I think Brooklyn might be too strong. We'll get to the Nets uh, later on this week. Uh, move down to the four five matchup: the Clips and the Mavs. The only first round series to go seven games, and uh, that what a wild series that was. What what are your takeaways? It was unbelievable. I think the Clippers ended up winning four or five, and uh, I think the first six games the road team won, which is definitely not very common. I assume it's happened before, the but first time in the history. First oh, really? History. Really? Yeah. I mean, that it, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, even with the fans, it's something people may have expected more last year. 
I think the first like couple games, like I, so, Kawhi Leonard is an upcoming free agent. Uh, I think it was pretty much assumed he would resign, like for sure, considering he kind of brought this team together and like him himself wanted to go there. But there was talk of him like leaving, and then it, it seemed like he just really came back. And uh, Nick was acting as if he all of a sudden turned a switch in the last couple games, but I think really he he was very good all, all of their wins and he, he's been really good but the only problem was that the uh, Clippers defense was just disconnected and not working together and uh, it made me think that some of their players might be good on defensive reputation really because like Paul George and Kyle Leonard like have been thought of as like elite defenders and Rondo too and Lou uh, he's not even on their team a, b a bunch of these players that uh, have been considered really, really dominant defenders, but they were just um, not. Marcus Morris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mean, Marcus Morris was playing some center, small ball, but they, they just weren't like defense. As much as it may seem as a one-on-one -on -one thing, there's a, in the NBA especially, there's a lot of help and switching and things like that. And they, they, I, it might have been because of load management and them just not playing together enough. I know that Marcus Cousins was kind of a late signing and. Maybe some other additions could have messed things up, but they were just uh, not really playing together. Just uh, Luca, especially, was really picking them apart. So that that was the issue I saw. But it seemed like they seemed to figure it out by then, and obviously they won the series. So, yeah. Yeah, I I would disagree with Nick uh, on the standpoint that Kawhi flipped the switch. I, I he's not really a player that really does that. I he was you're definitely right. He was good all series. He was just a whole other level of great, especially game six and even game seven. Yeah. Uh, game six, watching it down, down the stretch, I was thinking there's no way he hits that shot over Luca. I mean, had multiple step backs. Uh, he's six eight, six nine, making crazy dribble moves we see from Kyrie Irving. It was just he played out of his mind that game uh, on the road. That Dallas, the arena looked packed, um, and that's vintage, not not really vintage Kawhi, but uh, top tier Kawhi Leonard is uh, the word I'm looking for. So, uh, I think. LA's defense definitely has some questions with Ty Lue have to figure out because uh, late in that series, their strategy was just throw three guys at Luka and make other guys shoot the ball, which Dallas could not do. Utah, and if they get to Phoenix or Denver, much better, much deeper team. So we'll see how, how they change their strategy. But uh, moving on now to the aforementioned Nuggets. I still have a couple things to say, just okay. mainly regarding the Mavericks. I, I have a lot of questions about their bench. We mentioned Porzingis in our last episode. But I have this statistic that Facundo Campazzo, the 5'10 uh, guard for the Nuggets, averaged more rebounds in his series than Porzingis averaged in his series. Porzingis is like 7'3. I think Campazzo was at like 5.2 and uh, Porzingis is at 4.7. I'm not sure which is more impressive, Campazzo with 5 assists or Porzingis with 4, but the Mavericks really have nobody else. I mean, we were talking about it all year, and I'm just amazed it went to seven, mainly because of Luka. I think uh, there, there was kind of the problem of Luka getting too tired by the fourth quarters. I think games one and two combined in the fourth quarter, Luka had five points, and uh, it could be similar to Nikola Jokic, where it seemed like he was maybe not in the best shape he could be, even with him being so dominant. And, I mean, this year he was in shape and won the MVP, which... Uh, I'm not sure how notable that is. We all expected it, so but that it, that is a new story. So I, I I have the same questions we've had the whole year, but I think that the Mavericks probably need to make some moves or make some trades. Nick was mentioning trading Porzingis. I don't know how much trade value he has right now, but 
I think that uh, some something needs to happen if this team wants to be a serious contender. I mean, with Luka, he's like a generational superstar. You can win games with him. It's similar to the Blazers situation. You don't, don't want to get stuck somewhere where uh, you kind of have a ceiling that you can't get past. Yeah, I don't think Luka was out of shape. I think he was injured, which was evident by all the right. treatment he got in the rear. He was on the sideline. Uh, he had nagging uh, lower body injuries. Definitely had the the shoulder injury was obvious. That was publicized during the uh, during the series. But I think he he was just beat up, clearly taking on a load, and I think that affected affected uh, his capacity during the later stages of the series. Um, but you're right. Uh, this Dallas team, even if they won that series, they had no chance against Utah. It was Luca was tiring. You could see it. Um, you we in the modern day NBA, you have to pair your generational superstars with a second a second bona fide star. And uh, in my opinion, Luke has got top 30 all-time potentials. He needs a he needs a guy that uh, he can play with to win Dallas a title or even multiple titles. I completely agree. All right, let's move on now to the MVP. Uh, Nikola Jokic and his Nuggets took down Portland uh, despite Damon Lillard's all-time heroics in a six-game series. I mean, Fakunu and Composo and Austin Rivers may be the worst backcourt to ever win a series. I mean, compared to this Blazers backcourt, like, you have CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard against free agent Austin Rivers and 30-year-old rookie Fakunu Composo. Like, what? It, it, was, it was unbelievable. Uh, Nicole Jokic, I think he had 32 or higher in all but one of the games. And, I mean, the Blazers bench was useless. And, uh, I mean... The all-time playoff record for points is 63 by Michael Jordan, and his team lost that game, and Dame, he had, what, 55, and they lost? Like, it just shows that this Blazers team was uh, rough around the edges. I mean, the Nuggets had no one to guard. They couldn't guard either of the guards. I think Shaq Harrison was guarding Damian Lillard at some points. I mean, the Jazz waved him earlier this year. He, he, he was... He, he wasn't even getting playing time. Now he's having to guard one of the best players in the league. Uh, so obviously the problem was not Dame. It's not his shortcoming. It's, it's really just um, partially Nikola Jokic's um, stardom, but also uh, just how terrible the rest of the team was. Uh, Nurkic couldn't guard Jokic, even though he was okay offensively. And CJ McCollum was... Uh, I, I mean, he, he's, he's a good player, but he, he wasn't living up to his uh, all-star potential we saw at the start of this year. He just was uh, not not uh, at the level he needed to be for the, this team to win their series. Yeah, uh, Portland obviously made a coaching change. We'll get to that in a different episode. Terry Stotts, they parted ways. Uh, he, he only coached in the NBA to make the playoffs the past eight seasons, but it was definitely time for a change. He only got past the first round, I think, once or twice. Um and you know, Dame's more of an old school, an old school star, kind of like Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan. He, although there there were reports that um, he wanted Jason Kidd, it's also become evident he's not demanding anything or demanding trades to be made. He's going to let the front office do their job, um, and some like that, some don't. Um, personally, I think it's probably it's good to see that some guys are still like that, but I doubt he wins his championship unless he gets a little more demanding and demands that. He gets some uh, some things that he wants as a superstar because um, we saw in this series uh, when he's he's at times can be unguardable. There were times where the Nuggets were trying to foul him, put would throw two guys at him, and he would still be making step back threes. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that that they weren't able to to get past a diminished Nuggets team. But 
uh, beating the MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic, is, is a tough task. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I, I mean, we'll get to it more in our coaching episode if we want to zero in on that later, but I, I, I do think that Damian Lillard is never going to request a trade. I don't think he's that type of player, and I think part of the reason why Terry Stotts stayed so long was that Dame liked him so much, and they, they felt, the front office felt like they didn't want to lose both of them if they fired uh, Stotts. So, I, I think that some changes have to come, and I think they will come. It's going to be interesting what coach comes because he has big shoes to fill. I mean, Dame's never had another coach, so it will be interesting to see the future. But as you mentioned, I mean, they've been in the playoffs year after year. I mean, they have a streak longer than any other team, I think eight seasons. And they just need to make a jump here because I don't know how much time Dame has left. Yep, I agree. Uh, moving on to the final series now, uh, the Lakers' quest for back-to-back titles was ended by a, quite frankly, much better Phoenix Suns squad beating them in six games, winning the last three games of the series. Yeah, I, w- I, I don't know if the Suns inherently are a much better team. I think that a lot of it was Anthony Davis's injury, which was pretty rough. The groin injury, he didn't even play game five. Uh, the Lakers are a, an amazing team. LeBron has never been down 3-2 in the first round. He's never lost in the first round. And this Lakers team, which won the title last year, lost this year. And so I, I, I'm I, not sure what the problem was. I guess you could credit it to the Suns being that good, um, which is questionable for me. But, I mean, the Suns had their own injuries. Chris Paul not shoot a three in the first two games because his shoulder was bothering him that much. But I, I, I don't know where the Lakers have to go from here. I think they're a really good team. They'll be back here next year in title contention. I think that they just had their own issues as well as the Suns being really amazing. So kind of two, two parts of this win. Yeah, I want to talk about the Anthony Davis injury real quick. And uh, I think it's I think it's wrong new to say he's soft, that he's not willing to push through it. But I think it is right to question what he's doing in the offseason to take care of his body prevent injuries because I although Charles Barkley went a little too far in calling him street clothes Davis he is right that uh for a superstar he is injured quite a lot um and uh some guys just don't push push themselves to get their body in the right shape year-round while others do and uh, I can't speak for anything Davis or guys around him personal trainers nutritionists but uh if the Lakers wanting to make another run of the title I think Davis needs to to be healthy because LeBron's aging uh their supporting cast it's good. I don't think it's it's top. It's not top two or three in the league. Uh, Davis needs to be a top five player to, uh, piece with LeBron. I mean, and AD is op- an opportunity to learn from the best. I mean, LeBron has been heralded for his amazing workouts and taking care of his body. That's why he's been this amazing for so many years. I, I saw today he's received at least one MVP vote every single year of his career. I mean, you don't you don't get that from just. Uh, coming to the game and doing whatever. I mean, there's there's stories of him spending 45 minutes before the game stretching, and obviously he's had this these nutritionists and uh, workouts and all all these things that he does to keep his body and take that shape. And Anthony Davis, it seems that at, over and over he just has certain injuries. I think with the Pelicans, it was uh, also an issue, if not more of an issue, just injured time after time. Um, just. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's necessarily. I mean, it has to be his fault in some sort of way. But 
I think you're right. He does need to make some sort of change, but also you mentioned the bench there. Like they, I think they like they were underrated at some point, and then they became a little overrated. I mean, Montres Harrell was the sixth man of the year last year, and then he's not, and he's now getting like did not play coaches' decisions. Like he he didn't even play games two and three because he's a six seventh center who couldn't really. Uh, even match up against DeAndre Ayton because he's awful on defense. So there's – I don't know how many changes you can make. I mean, they have two huge contracts, obviously. But either they need players to step up or they need to make some sort of move. I mean, Contavious Caldwell-Pope was that guy last year. Um, He was easily became their third-best player and was uh, able to hit the three. They don't really have anyone on their team this year that is a knockdown shooter. I think LeBron's always had someone like that, or at least one person on his team at some point, whether it's J.R. Smith or whoever. I mean, I, I, I think that it's not – it's not. we don't need to question this team. We They've been proven, but uh, some something is going to have to be different, whether it's Anthony Davis fixing his body or something with the role players. We'll just have to see what it is. Yeah, I, I got to call it Dennis Schroeder for a minute. You cannot have a goose egg go – 0 for 9 or whatever it was in 29 minutes of play. That's just unacceptable from a, from a third option who's getting paid whatever it is, $24 million a year. Um, I'm trying to mince words because that's just unacceptable in a must-win game like that. He was offered four years, $80 million at the start of this year and turned it down. Like, yeah. our, it's, he's, he'll be lucky to get 10. He was so bad. Um, from this Lakers team, at least he, he was supposed to be not a third star, but definitely the third option, offensive option. And he, he, he couldn't get anything to go for him. So yeah, he, he, he was pretty bad, but there were many players on this bench that were, were just really bad. It, and it, it, it shies in comparison to this Suns bench, which was incredible. I mean, Jay Crowder was absolutely insane. Um, and obviously Mikel Bridges and Aiton stepped up and, uh, as they've been doing this entire season. So Suns had potential to go far. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, yeah, LeBron's first ever first round loss. Yep. Anything, any last thoughts on the West first round? I just thought it was interesting that every single favored West team lost game one. And then every series against my pick uh, ended up that way. I mean, originally I had Lakers, uh, Late, well, I guess I didn't have Mavs, but I had I had Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Jazz, and then other than the Jazz and uh, I guess the Clippers, Mavs. I mean, it all all went against my pick, and certainly none in the games uh, I, I predicted. All, all of these series ended up a little different than we assumed. I mean, we didn't think the Jazz would blow Game One like that. We certainly didn't think the Mavs would get to Game Seven. And we certainly didn't think the Suns would win, or at least the consensus didn't. And then I I personally thought the Blazers would win that series. So. Just a lot of storylines in this first round, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes on. I think uh, no one in the entire West has won a title. Clippers has, have never even been to a Western Conference Finals. I mean, the Jazz haven't been there since the 90s. So uh, some new teams out there, uh, new storylines, new uh, players that we have maybe haven't seen in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, as we go into the second round and beyond, which we'll uh, talk about later this week. Yeah, before we sign off, I just want to congratulate Aaron on receiving the very prestigious oh, yeah. uh, Coach of the Day Award at Tigers Basketball Camp this morning. So congrats to Aaron on uh, receiving one of the most sought-after awards in the history of the world. Oh, yeah, it's it's going on a plaque in my wall, you know? 
that that's good. It'll be right the above first my your, bed, so I can look at the it. First thing in your favorite case. Yeah, I know. First one. Yep. All right. <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow doing the same thing, just with the Eastern Conference. So thanks for listening. We'll see you then.